0: Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute Weekly Podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, welcome back to the Typically Weekly Laser Therapy Institute podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and let me apologize right up front for missing last week. I have a pretty good excuse though. We have some huge projects that we have been working on putting together for doctors and healthcare providers that are utilizing laser therapy in practice, or who are thinking about utilizing laser in their practice. So, a couple of the things—just a quick sneak peek—as by <laughs> by way of apology for missing last time. Uh, number one, we've got some free training that we're putting together that anyone can access. And I'm really excited about it because it's going to be a great reference for those who are either new to laser therapy or for those who have been doing it for a while and just need a refresher on some of the basics. I'll talk more about it as we get closer to being able to publish that for the public, but it's something we've talked about for a long time and we've been working on it. And last week was a really hard push to get that into place and it's not done yet but i'm looking forward to being able to announce that it will be done in the pretty near future another thing we're working on is a white paper and this white paper is focused on the laser therapy industry what it's looking like not only in north america but around the world laser therapy has been growing very very quickly in the last 10 years and so we have pulled together the data so that you can see what the market looks like and so you can utilize that if you need to get financing to purchase a laser therapy piece of equipment or buy training in order to get it up and running many times banks want to know what does the market look like this is getting all the work done for you so again i'm excited that we're able to have that it's not ready quite yet but again something that we'll have for you in the pretty near future And lastly, we're working towards a couple of other projects that are calculators to help guide how much you should charge for laser therapy, how to evaluate different laser therapy units and decide which ones represent the very best value. Those are a little further out, but again, tools that should be great for the established clinician or especially for those who are looking at getting into offering laser therapy to their patients. And again, these are gonna be free resources. So really excited to be able to put these out there. I'll talk to you more about them as we get to that publishing date, but that's why we're a little bit delayed and uh, didn't get last week's podcast up and running. So for this week, this week, we're gonna talk about four different ways that laser affects the tissues. And this information we're talking about today was published in 2017 in the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers, Selected Topics in Quantum Electronics. Whew, that's a mouthful, but that's the journal that it is. And the the title of the paper is Proposed Mechanisms of Photobiomodulation or Low-Level Light Therapy. Dr. Hamblin, the esteemed Dr. Hamblin, is one of the authors on this paper. And this paper goes into so much detail on what happens in the tissues with light and laser therapy what i'm going to do today though is just pull out the tissue effects section because i think it is worth looking at the four different ways that dr hamblin says light affects tissues so here they are in order that we're going to go through them today the first one is nerve repair and pain control the second is healing of bones tendons and wounds the third is hair growth stimulation and the fourth is brain tissue effects a lot of neat information here and again this is just a small excerpt from this paper but we can't dive into it in the space of the time we have in this podcast so we'll be coming back to it multiple other times but this is really neat stuff so first of all nerve repair and pain control now when it comes to nerve pain control and nerve repair in many cases we're going to be talking about conditions like neuropathy where you have a damaged peripheral nerve or you have even a central neuropathy where part of the central nervous system has become damaged or irritated and is producing pain elsewhere in the body so when they start talking about how laser and light therapy can affect nerves they say that pain reduction is due to a conduction block of central and peripheral nerve fibers and to the release of endorphins and this effect is mediated by peripheral opioid receptors now your opioid receptors are what get rid of pain right that's why opioid medications work well the problem with opioid medications is they're killing tens of thousands of Americans every single year, more in 2020 than any other year in history. So while we don't want to be talking about opioid medications for pain control necessarily, if we can activate those opioid receptors through the use of non-addictive light therapy, then you can get safe pain relief without the addictive and destructive effects of opioid medications. But it's not just blocking those pain signals and stimulating those opioid receptors, it also goes further than that. In the paper, they say that photobiomodulation, which is our term for light therapy, right? Photobiomodulation could suppress afferent fiber signaling as well as modulate synaptic transmission to dorsal horn neurons, including inhibition of substance P, and this can lead to long-term pain depression or pain reduction. And that's why, in many cases in clinic, you don't see very temporary pain relief. You see long-term, long-lasting pain relief, because we were actually modulating the way that these nerves work—the synaptic transmission, the inhibition of substance P, and suppression of the afferent nerve signaling. Now all that is just really exciting if you're talking about reducing nerve pain, but what about the nerve repair side of things? Well, in the paper, they say photobiomodulation exerts potent anti-inflammatory effects in the peripheral nervous system, can reduce myocardial infarction, promotes functional recovery and regeneration of peripheral nerves after injury, and can improve neurological deficits after stroke and traumatic brain injury, which is a huge list of effects from the anti-inflammatory effects in the nervous system by photobiomodulation the functional recovery and regeneration of peripheral nerves after after an injury that is that is huge that is stuff that they told us in school was not even possible right so to be able to see something like photobiomodulation which is completely safe and non-invasive have an effect on nerves to this magnitude is going to be changing medicine you want to make sure that you are a part of of this. If you are in the healthcare field, I will almost promise you that some of your patients, maybe even the majority of your patients can benefit from laser therapy. And this is one way through better nerve repair and pain control. Okay, now that was that was number 1. That was nerve repair and nerve pain reduction. Number 2 is healing Healing specifically of bones, tendons, and wounds. Now, many times when we're working on a patient's foot pain and they have a heel spur, they'll ask, oh, "Okay, are you are you lasering off? Are you burning off this this bony spur?" And of course, the answer to that is no, we're not. So, so what are we really doing when it comes to bone damage, whether it's fracture healing or pathological accumulation of calcium in the form of bone spurs? Well. What this paper says is that laser radiation is not believed to affect osteosynthesis, but it's likely that it creates environmental conditions that accelerate bone healing. It does that by stimulating the proliferation and differentiation of osteoblasts, which leads to an increase in alkaline phosphatase activity and in osteocalcin expression. That means that the laser is stimulating bone formation by the body's own mechanisms through the osteoblasts, which, if you remember from school, osteoblasts are the ones that build up bone, osteoclasts are the ones that break down bone, and having the balance between those two is how we maintain healthy bony structures. Now, that's bone, what about wounds and soft tissue damage, like tendons? Well, they say, look, look at the four overlapping phases of wound healing, hemostasis, inflammation, proliferation, and remodeling. Now, if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you've already heard me talk about the inflammatory process control that light therapy can have, as well as the stimulation of better cell proliferation and cell remodeling. We already know that those can happen from multiple other studies we've seen. But in this paper, we're talking about more the hemostasis effect. When hemostasis being really the first step of clotting the blood and releasing growth factors... If that process doesn't happen correctly, then you're off to a bad start. And so, light therapy has been shown to be possibly beneficial in promoting healing when there's a defect in that hemostasis process. Meaning that if you've got somebody who's slow to heal because of a hemostasis error, because we're not releasing enough growth factors, we're not clotting correctly, whatever it is, that laser therapy could be beneficial in promoting that first step in wound and tissue healing if there's normally a hemostasis problem with that particular patient. Okay, so that was number two. Number three is hair growth stimulation. And this seems like a wildly different topic than soft tissue repair and helping with nerve pain, but it's similar. And it's one of the four categories that Dr. Hamblin includes in tissue effects of light therapy. So stick with me here while we talk about hair growth. We're getting to brain tissues next, but if you're going to be looking at, hair, and hair growth, then you need to understand there's basically three phases of hair growth. Antigen, catagen, and telogen. Now the antigen phase is the growth phase, it's long-lasting, while catagen phase is only a couple of weeks, and it consists of the, uh, the hair transitioning upward toward the skin pore. And in the telogen phase, the dermis separates from the hair follicle itself. It's about five to six weeks. And then the whole thing cycles and goes right back down into the antigen phase again. And anything that, anything that interrupts that process can lead to hair thinning, hair loss. It can be short-term, it can be long-term. But in many cases, we're talking about a long-term like male pattern baldness or sometimes an autoimmune disorder that results in the loss of much of the person's hair. But based on those three phases, they've shown that photobiomodulation is able to stimulate the telogen hair follicles to enter the antigen phase. So going from end state right back around into growth, as well as prolonging the duration of that antigen growth phase itself. It can also increase the rate of proliferation of antigen hair follicles and prevent premature catagen phase entry, so keeping it in that growth phase for longer. Also, we know that light therapy is a vasodilator, or it can produce a vasodilation effect, is probably the better way to put that. And vasodilation around hair follicles could help hair growth itself. Also, they say considering that inflammation is highly disruptive for hair follicles, the anti-inflammatory effect of photobiomodulation could be useful in the treatment of hair conditions such as alopecia areata. So, I'm sure you can kind of see where we're going with a lot of this. We're talking about improving circulation, reducing inflammation, and modulating the way that the body works, whatever the tissues are. So, let's talk about the brain. The researchers in this paper say that low-level light can be useful in traumatic brain injury treatment, because near-infrared light exerts a protective effect on neurons. And the direct action of near-infrared light on the cells of the brain itself should be improving mitochondrial function, reducing inflammation, and helping the brain to repair itself through the process of neurogenesis. Neurogenesis can be stimulated in the hippocampus and subventricular zone, and those newly formed neuroprogenitor cells from those zones could travel to the injured region of the cortex to help the repair of that damaged region. And the other way that this can happen, too, is through a systemic response. Meaning, you're treating somewhere else, but it's having a positive effect on the brain itself. And they theorize that could be through the stimulation of mast cells and macrophages, which could help protect the cells in the brain, as well as the modulation of inflammatory mediators. But another one, and this one is really neat, is the possibility of the involvement of bone marrow-derived stem cells, since near-infrared light can increase the proliferation of these cells, which is located in the bone marrow of the skull. Those cells are then recruited to damaged tissues. And then those cells, alongside with immune cells, can secrete trophic and pro-survival factors such as nerve growth factor and VEGF, which are critical to repair. Now, no matter what your specialty or your focus is in practice, I am positive that a section of your patients could benefit from light therapy, whether it is through the nerve pain and nerve repair function of photobiomodulation, the healing of bone and soft tissue trauma, whether it's hair growth stimulation, or even treating traumatic brain injury effects and stimulating faster recovery. And the hard truth here is, if you don't have laser in your practice, if you've not figured out how to implement it, you're going to be left behind the curve. That's what our white paper coming out soon says, and that's why we're pushing so hard on some of these additional resources. If you like what you're hearing, if you wanna know more, subscribe to the podcast, You know what if you like what you're hearing scroll down leave us a review on itunes if you'd leave us a review let us know what you like let us know what you want to hear more about that would really help and then send us an email info at lasertherapyinstitute.org or just head over to the website you can use a contact form there make sure that you're getting our weekly emails so you can stay up to date on what we are able to offer and the status of laser therapy within medicine remember that we are here to provide resources for clinicians in practice who need help putting laser therapy into their practice model. We're here to help your staff get trained. We're here to make it a smooth, easy process and get your patients better, faster. Thanks very much. Hope to talk to you next week. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.